Hello. Hello. How are you? We're great. We're How great. are you, Heather? You're doing good. What kind of shirt is that? Can we see it? Oh, Mickey yeah. Mouse, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a big uh, Disney person, and uh, it's a Mickey like Gucci sweater because I wanted to try to be fancy for you guys. Damn, that's super cool. I've been drinking all night. Wait, hold hey, on. Sorry, I hit the wrong button. Christopher has no time for your Mickey sweater. <laughs> sorry. I remember, that, I remember that air clip. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay. That's okay. All right, I have a theme to play, and then we'll get started. I've been drinking all night. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, you're, you know, super cute, too. You'll be the appetizer, and Heather will be the main course. <laughs> what in the awful waffle decisions is going on here? I don't waffle. <laughs> this is... Who the hell are you people? Quitters never give up. Go ahead. And, uh, from what I understand, Quitters never give up. Fucking amazing. But Quitters never never give up? Right, right, right. Well, yeah. Hell yeah. Quitters never, what the hell's it called? Quitters never give up. That's it. Quitters never give up. Because I said quitters never give up, and he said, that's all they do. So it was the drunk leading the naked, leading the blind, leading the stupid. And it was beautiful. Hola, party people. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Quitters Never Give Up. Uh, all the quitters are here. Lindsay, Edwin, and Jennifer. And uh, we welcome our special guest, Heather. Yeah! Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's awesome having you. Heather contacted us after Topher Sheckler was on, and she let us know about her time on the show and wanted to share with us a bunch of stories. So we were excited to have her on as soon as we could. Yeah, it was a crazy time in my life. It was like about it was about two years, but it was it was amazing. So what uh, what were the years that you were on? I moved out um, January of two thousand. And I think I was there until about 2002. I don't know when, but then I kept working at K-Rock until about 2005. And then I left to do um, other music industry stuff like A&R, um, Capitol Records and Atlantic Records. So K-Rock was like my first five years into the music industry in Los Angeles. Nice. Very cool. So, so you worked in the promotions department? So I, I started my radio career in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and then I really want to move to Los Angeles so bad. And so I was on the morning show as like a, a, like a girl in the street, like just kind of like a side character in Pittsburgh. And whenever um, I wanted to move to L.A., I asked my program director, I was like, what station should I apply for in L.A.? I got to get out of Pittsburgh. Like, you know, I'm itching to, to leave. And he gave me a list of stations and was like, you know, try everything but K-Rock because K-Rock's like, he's like, K-Rock's my dream. K-Rock's the hardest station to get into. So don't even try. And I was like, okay. And so I went home and that's all I wanted was K-Rock, of course, because, you know, it's like, I took away from that conversation. Okay. My, my boss wanted to be a K-Rock. That's the only station I should even try for. So that was like right when the internet and email was starting. I know it sounds so old, but it was like 99. Yeah. And, um, so I saw, you know, I looked up Kevin and Bean and I saw they looked really funny and they had email addresses on there or for the show. And so I just compiled an email and I remember my mom was like, they will never read that. Like, that is crazy. And I was like, yes, they will. They're going to read it. And, so, and I just emailed them saying, you know, what I did in Pittsburgh and what I want to do for them. And um, I was an acrobat at the time. And so I was like, oh, P.S. I'm, I'm a contortionist. And and then I sent off the email. And that day that I emailed them was when they had Tad in Vegas and he got 
like way too drunk and missed his flight on the way back. And so they kind of just wanted to make him feel like terrible, you know, for, for missing his flight. So they're like, let's fly this girl out, pretend that we're going to hire her and, you know, make him mad and make him, you know, get better. So that's what they did. They flew me out here and, you know, I kind of interviewed like on the air and they liked me enough to keep me for a while. And, and then they just kind of moved me out here, which is crazy. And they had Tad move me out here. So as a punishment for him, they sent him back via Greyhound bus and I packed up all my stuff. And then every day we would call from like a different payphone in a different city, you know, driving across the United States. So it was, it was crazy. I wish I had all those air checks because it was wild. Like we would be in Oklahoma, you know, stopped at my grandma's house in Indiana, you know, called from there. It was, it was amazing. Wow. Wow. Dang. Can we back up to Pittsburgh and contortionism? Can we like, can we get a little bit of background on how you arrived to all these things? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I grew up as a, like a dancer and, you know, gymnastics in, in high school. And, you know, so I, I just always was kind of flexible and I would always do uh, like crazy tricks. And my mom was like, oh, don't do that. That's gross. And so I just kind of used that as my, <laughs> I, I kept, you know, doing these like, you know, contortion arm moves. and you know, people were like, oh, you should, you should try acrobatics because you're just naturally flexible. So I did that for a while. I, I trained um, for years and I competed in, you know, like Las Vegas and just kind of like dance moms, but like not on TV. It was, it was a very oh, similar vibe where, where she would take me to all the competitions and I was very driven and, you know, did all the things growing up. But, but in, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh, I just, I love Pittsburgh, but I thought I got enough, you know, I was there you know, growing up forever. And I just, I loved the movie Clueless. And I, I just was like, I need to get to LA. So, and another crazy story when I, when I came to um, LA, so K-Rock wasn't paying me for a while. Cause I was just an intern on the morning show, um, which was amazing, but I still needed income, you know, in order to live here. And so my old station in Pittsburgh, they were interviewing Ed McMahon from like star search and everything. Remember yeah, him? Yeah. 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 Yes. So they were interviewing him on my last day and they were like, you know, we have this girl, Heather, she's going to move to LA. Like, do you have any tips for her? And, and at the time he was like, yeah, just give her my number. When she comes to LA, tell her to give me a call. And so I thought nothing of it. Cause I'm like, LA, it's Hollywood. This is just what happens, you know? So I got here in LA and I call up Ed McMahon, like no fear. I was like 20 years old. And yeah. I was like, Hey, Ed, this is Heather from Pittsburgh. You know, you told me to give you a call when I moved to LA. And he was like, yeah, why don't you come and see me at my house and we can have breakfast or something. And I was like, great. So thought nothing of it. So I, I took a cab, <laughs> cab to his house in this like big mansion and Mulholland drive. And it was like, you know, lived in every celebrity was in this like you know, plan. And uh, we just sat down for breakfast and he was like, so what do you want to do here? And I was like, well, I'm, you know, working for Kevin and Bean at K-Rock, but they're not paying me yet. So I need to have another job too. And he was like, well, you could be my second assistant if you want. And so literally within one week, I had an internship on Kevin and Bean, like the number one morning show and, you know, yeah. a regular job at Ed McMahon's house. And I just thought that was how Hollywood work. You know, I called my mom. I was like, this is exactly how I thought it was supposed to be. This is amazing. Hollywood's the best, you know? So mm -hmm. now I know. I was so scared that whole story that this was going to be a Harvey Weinstein thing. Oh, yeah. no, no. He was, he was amazing. Oh, good. I'm glad some guys are nice. No, he was wonderful. This is when he was like in his sober time. So he was like a grandpa. He was so sweet. He just was lovely, lovely. And he would always give me his like, 
you know, party passes because he'd get invited to everything. And I was 20. And so, you know, I think the K-Rock years were like my college years because I didn't go to college. So it was kind of like my let's party every single night and, you know, party like a rock star. And I did. It was crazy. Oh, you rule. You came out <laughs> and you were killing it from day one. Yeah, it was like I hit the ground running. And and uh, sometimes on K-Rock, I wish I had these clips, too, because they're so funny. Whenever I would be late, like if I was ever late, you know, at 5 a.m. on the morning show, they would... Um, like send you to Barstow to get Dairy Queen because it was the only 24 hour Dairy Queen open. And so, you know, so one time I, I was late, I slept in, I went to like a party, like, and McMahon gave me like a, you know, WB fifth anniversary party. And so I, I was late and they called me. They're like, you know, you know what you got to do? You got to drive to Barstow, pick up a cooler, you know, we'll order our orders, like our blizzards on the radio. And if you're not back by 10 a.m. before the show ends, then then you don't work for us anymore. So it was like a mad dash. <laughs> and we you know, like have the cooler loaded up. I get all the blizzards and then, you know, make it back in time. And I was never late again. I was like, no more. Dang. That's insane to drive all the way to Barstow from you were where Burbank or yeah. Pasadena. Yeah, Burbank. Yeah, wow. it was wild. It definitely taught you a lesson, though. And it was funny to, like, place an order at, like, 7 a.m. on the radio of, like, you know, whatever they wanted. So, <laughs> That's so crazy funny. that 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 was the only time you were late when we think about, like, personalities later who were chronically late and they still got punished, but they never <laughs> learned their lesson. I know for me, I was like, I would rather sleep on the couch. You know, I would I would it was it was nuts. My apartment was you know, really, really crappy. So I would much rather go to the station. Like after I was done, like partying at night, I would go to the station, you know, I would shower before I go to the station and I would just sleep on the couch and I'd be like, wake me up at 5 a.m. Because I just wouldn't want to be late. What, would you pin a sign to your head, wake me up at 5 a.m.? Yeah, I would just be like, you know, they knew, they were like, just wait, they, they knew to wake wow. me up. I would, I would roll dedication. in. Like, yeah, I would come in at like two or like, you know, whatever, between like 11 p.m. to like 2 a.m. And then, you know, they would wake me up at five. It was nuts. So the most um, unbelievable thing is you had roommates that were awake at five when you were 20. Is that then? No, I would go to the station and sleep at the station. You sleep at the station. Oh, yeah, shit. I okay. Lived by, I lived by myself in this really like crappy area of Hollywood. And I just would never want to be there anyways because I was 20. And it was like it was really it was when Hollywood wasn't that great like it's much cleaner now it's like hollywood and highland it's beautiful but at the time it was like you know it was a building yeah, yeah. full of strippers and when i would when i would be leaving they'd be coming in and i'd be like oh you know i gotta get out of here so um yeah so i just kind of like went to the station all the time and i would just kind of sleep there and make sure that you know i was there and not have to drive to barstow to go to dairy queen i'm just wondering why didn't they make kevin drive to barstow once in a while maybe that would have cured <laughs> him of being late all the time <laughs> I know. I guess when you're the host, uh, yeah, that's, when uh, you're the boss, <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of uh, your partying and and uh, drunken activities, you did send us a clip. I've been drinking all night, mm -hmm. and at about five in the morning, I got on the elevator to go back to my room at the hotel I, where everyone was partying yes. the last two nights after Acoustic Christmas. And I found uh, Heather from the promotions from department. Promotions. Uh, very asleep and very drunk in the elevator in the elevator nice yes I then proceeded to escort her back to her room where she was sharing a room with a uh, certain someone 
who works here. Alex from the morning show. That was very naked. So it was the drunk leading the naked, leading the blind, leading the stupid. And it was beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, happy <laughs> hangover to you, Taylor. Happy hangover to you, Tammy. So that's Tammy Heidi. Is that? Yeah, is it, that was yeah. Tammy. She, she did it like right after. We were, it was like morning show five to ten, and then it was Tammy, you know, right after. Yeah. So yeah, it was fun. And that was Taylor. Yeah, he was, was a band Taylor? driver. There was so many band drivers. And at that time, I, I kind of transitioned from, you know, helping out on the morning show to, um, to you know, being a band driver. And then I eventually was assistant to the promotions director. Um, and then I just, I really wanted to, you know, get into like A&R and, you know, a, a record label stuff. Because I just always wanted to, you know, bring new songs that weren't on the radio yet that should be. So I just kind yeah. of like transitioned that way. But the promotions department, that was the crazy party it was, it was insane. Like after, you know, <laughs> it, it was, it was wild. It was definitely like college years to the max, you know? Yeah. I, I could imagine being naked elevator, uh, naked woman yeah. coming from an elevator. That sounds yeah. I, was, I, was, I wasn't naked. I was never naked. <laughs> <laughs> You're a never nude, like on Arrested Development. Wow. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. breaking the story, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I know I never was, but yeah. But one thing they did, um, they did get me. I think that uh, Topher touched on this before. It was like um, one year they're like, what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, um, I was an acrobat and contortionist. So I never, I never grew up with like, you know, with boobs. And I was always going to save up for breast implants, like always. And so I just threw it out there. I was like, oh, I would love, you know, breast implants just as a joke. And they're like, you know, like you should just talk about it on the radio and maybe doctors will call in, and, you know, and, and be able to just do it for you for promotion. And I was like, what? Like, this is before all like the plastic surgery shows and everything, you know? Yeah. So, so I did, I started talking about it. And then um, I had like about eight or nine doctors call in saying they would do it. I went to like all these consultations. Yeah. And uh, you know, everybody just wanted to make me like huge. And so I, I chose the guy that didn't want to make me, you know, huge. I just wanted to be a normal, you know, C cup, whatever. And, um, mm -hmm. and he, he did it for free. I talked about it on the radio. It was amazing. And this is the guy that did Pam Anderson, all the Playboy Playmates, like his, his, you know, he's notorious as the best person like in the world to do breast implants. So I got that as like a gift from the morning show pretty much. And just still great. You picked the right show. <laughs> I know because it was like, they love talking about it. It was just one of those things. It was, you know, people love that type of thing, you know, and I, yeah. um, yeah, I was like, I, I just want to make sure that I never have to like show them, you know, like I want them to be mine. I, I you know, I've uh, so yeah, I was definitely I was never nude, but I did I did get some boobs out of it, and they're still amazing today. So <laughs> it was it was awesome. It's it's so different uh, thinking about how radio was back then to where it is now, where it it, it got to because we're we're primarily in like 2010, 2012 with the show. And mm -hmm. it, it is it was so much more of, of a different level in 2000 than it was at that time. Right. Like, right it, when, wouldn't you agree? It was like the wild, wild west back then, wasn't it, Heather? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It seems a lot more tame now. Um, I think, you know, with everything and like all the Me Too and everything like that was not a thing then. And it was it was wild. It was chaos, you know, um, yeah. I, at all the K-Rock parties. It was like, you know, you'd walk in and you'd see this person making out with this person. It, it was just, it was wild. It was, it was really intense and wild. And that's just how it was. And it continued to be like that in 
different other areas. Like I worked at um, Capitol Records, I worked at Atlantic Records, and it wasn't just K Rock. It was everywhere. It was wild. Wow. And uh, and it was the coolest parts of working at K Rock though were also being in the room with like um, one time um, it was with Tammy Heidi. Billy Corgan came in and he announced that. Um, Smashing Pumpkins was breaking up. And I just was like putting together, like putting away the da- the tape deck. So it was literally Billy Corgan, Tammy Heidi, and me in the room as he's saying like, you know, Smashing Pumpkins is breaking up. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here for this. Like, this is wild. And, wow. you know, just to, um, as like an intern on the morning show, I got to, one of my main jobs was like to bring up the celebrities from the elevator, because this is still in Burbank the first years. So it'd be yeah. like the adult building. And so we'd bring up the celebrities in the elevator and then walk them. And I'd have to kind of entertain them until they go on the morning show. So I was like 20 and, you know, hanging out with Kobe Bryant, who was like, you know, 22 at the time. And it was, it was nuts. So I have all these pictures. And since I was from Pittsburgh, I wanted to show my friends. So I took like, you know, photos with all these celebrities when I'm like 20, 21, 22, 23. And it, it was just that was acceptable then, you know, because I was just hanging out with them. I was waiting to bring them into the studio. And so uh-huh. yeah, I have this like book full of like my celebrity photos. And it was it was insane. Do you have a favorite? Um, I loved meeting like Charlize Theron was was amazing. Uh, Christian Bale, Kobe Bryant was so cool because I remember he was just he was like my age basically. And he was just leading this team. And it was right when like in the height of like his beginning, you know, um, yeah. one person that I didn't like, um, I didn't even get to meet him because he was so insane, but this story is wild. Um, when I was off the morning show, I was in the, um, in the promotions department and this is like four or 5 PM at night and Eminem was going to come in for an interview. And instead of just going in, like every single person that comes into K rock, there's so many famous people. It's like no big deal there. You know, they just go in the one section to the right is the studio. The left is like where everybody's working, but Eminem in order to come in for an interview, um, he first off scheduled it at night. And then he made everybody that worked in the building leave and wait outside while he was interviewing. And it was just so mean because all of us were like working, we're getting ready for like acoustic Christmas or something. And we're just being professional. Like we wouldn't have bothered him, you know, but he still made everybody leave and get out of the building the whole time he was interviewing. So I thought that was really, really rude, you know? Yeah. I mean, you guys have had so many people there and Eminem's probably not even the most famous person you had that week. No, exactly. And it was secret service. Like that's so bizarre. I know it, it was, it was so silly. Yeah, the president right? would come. It's fine. But Eminem, get everybody out. Yeah, exactly. It's so silly. I, I also have a clip of you interacting with a different celebrity. Uh, one that Edwin and I are probably big fans of. Actually, I, I, I have my coffee cup here, right here. Oh, of Gary uh, Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> do you want me to set up like how this happened or do you want to just play it and then I'll talk about it? Let's, uh, let's set it up. Well, okay. So in the, they Gary Coleman at the time was um, coming in all the time because he was going to be, I think uh, he wanted to be in politics. I forget what he was running for, but he was going to be running for something. I and believe he was so, running for a senator, right? That's it. Yeah. So Kevin and Bean thought that was hilarious. And so they would bring him in just to talk about that. And they would always try to make me like go on dates because I was single at the time. And so they would always like anybody that would come in, they'd be like, here's Heather's number or whatever, just to be just to be funny. And so they slipped Gary Coleman my number without telling me 
Um, and cause he was like flirting with me the whole time on the show and it was so uncomfortable for me, but they thought it was amazing. So Kevin gives him my number. He doesn't tell me. And then afterwards he's like, don't answer your phone. Just let the voicemail pick it up. And if something happens, we'll play it and it's going to be hilarious. We are so excited right now to find out about Gumby and Gary Coleman's deep. Oh yeah. Now recapping, uh, Gary Coleman, a frequent guest. Wait, of the Gumby. So they used to call you Gumby. Yeah, because I was an acrobat and contortionist, and when when I did the interview, like in order to get hired, they're like, "Well, you said you're a contortionist. Can you do some tricks for us?" And so I got up on the conference room table and did some, you know, some stupid human trick kind of thing. And so from then on, they kind of called me Gumby occasionally. They would call me either Heather or Gumby. Oh well, okay, here we go. But yeah. a show stopped by to announce his uh, run for the Senate, mm-hmm. which by the way, Gary's taking. So anyway, so uh, we had Gary on, and he walks in, and uh, we like Gary, by the way. Yes, the, the, absolutely. The goal of having him in is not to make fun of him. I mean, there's, we like him. He's a nice guy. So he comes in, and he is smitten with Heather. Yeah, loves, just instantly. Just loves her. I mean, we can barely get him to pay attention to the interview because he just keeps looking at Heather and keeps making comments about how beautiful she is and how he'd like to you know, tear him off a piece of that <laughs> as if he could reach it. And uh, he's just, just smitten with her. So we say, knowing that Heather is single and living in Los Angeles, we say, well, maybe you, you guys ought to get together. Maybe you and Gary ought to try to get together. <laughs> Lisa, I wish you could have seen Heather's face. Horrified. <laughs> she was standing sure. over hiding behind me yeah. trying to not make eye contact. Pinching Kevin. You should have gone for food or something. <laughs> I know. I was going to, but that, that would look too obvious. Her, what do you know about Gary Coleman, first of all? I don't know that much. Because you're young. Yeah. It's not like Different Strokes is your era. Right. I didn't. I never saw Different Strokes, so I don't know that much. My mom's told me a little bit about it, and my, at my old station, they'd always talk about him whenever he was auctioning off for a date or to lose his virginity and right. stuff. Or so I news, just knew yeah. all this creepy stuff about him, you know? Like, I didn't know anything, <laughs> but he's a nice guy. So he's he hands really you nice. a piece of paper with his phone number on it. At the bottom of it, it says, I want you, oh. heart exclamation point. <laughs> And the heart is like a funky heart. It's yeah. like kind of broken. So Heather writes down her phone number, and she and it's sitting over here behind me. And I'm yeah. and I keep saying, "Give it to him, give it to him." She doesn't give it to him. So finally, I grab it and give it to, to Gary. Yeah. So you guys exchange phone numbers, and we tried to hook up a date, but Gary said, "I can't. I got plans. I got a dinner, and then I got a business meeting that I got to go to." So we figure if Gary calls Heather, he'll call her. You know, in the next couple of days, you're supposed right. to wait a day or two so you don't appear too uh, at least right too desperate because women well, can smell desperation. Exactly. It's an actual smell in the air. <laughs> so the show ends. We say goodbye to Gary. It's 10 a.m. And we think, well, you know, maybe by the weekend they'll hook up. Right. No. 11, 11.30, the phone rings. Half an hour later. <laughs> I was at my house, and you guys told me not to answer my phone so I could get the phone message. Right. So, and we said, so, whatever you wow, don't pick you it up, that way yeah. he'll leave a message, and we can play it. So we have the message. Do you want to play it? Here's the message that Gary Coleman left on Heather's home machine. Oh, I won't bother you on your cell phone. This is Gary. How are you? Oh, this, this, this. Oh, God, this running for Senate thing is just mushrooming. Um, this running uh, for Senate thing is mushrooming. Because <laughs> he came in here and did that one interview with us? His head is spinning. <laughs> but this running for Senate thing. He's not really running for Senate. You know that, right? <laughs> he is, though. In his mind, he is. So in the early 2000s, there was a lot of B-list, D-list celebrities running for politicians, right? Yeah. 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 It was well, a while. Was this was before the, Arnold Schwarzenegger became the governor? Yeah, this is before. Okay. Was that the yeah. Gray Davis recall when like all the weird people were running? Was that the the time? No. Well, that was for governor. This is his oh, Senate okay. race. Yeah, it, it was just so odd. And I don't think he ended up running. Or maybe he was just like a write-in, but I don't think it panned out. But I think he really wanted to. But I don't know what happened. You mean Gary Coleman wasn't a senator? 
<laughs> Stranger things have happened now. So, you know, maybe if it was today's time, he would, you know, win. Very true. Very, very true. Yeah. Sorry, someone walked in on me here. I have a bunch of kids. And so they all, they all said, they all want to hear Gary Coleman stories. So they're ready. Yeah, they're <laughs> excited for different strokes. I love that show, by the way. I, I was, I, I think I'm, okay. So if you were 20 in 2000, I was maybe like four, I'm maybe like four or five years older than you. And that was mm -hmm. one of my favorite shows growing up as a kid. And it was, uh, it was so weird seeing Gary Coleman change into this weird, creepy dude that, that, well, here, here, let's, uh, let's continue playing this. Um, I got a carpenter coming over to my place at 7. You will still be at your friend's right up till 7.30. I will probably call you about 8.30. I will pick you up at 9. He's got it all lined uh, up. Now, I need to know what time you need to be in the radio station because I don't want to keep you out too late. Nice. I'm looking about like midnight and we just, you know, in this first little outing and then I take you home or you drive home or whatever you the is that you make. <laughs> Um, we'll do that. Climb you. Uh, but I'm looking at about 9 o'clock picking you up. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll go have some drinks and have some salad and play some bad games. Okay, hold on right there. <laughs> going to have some salad. drinks, have some salad. So you're not allowed to eat me? <laughs> You're going to have some salad and play backgammon. Gary Coleman only eats rabbit food. You know that, right? He actually lives in a hutch out in the back of Conrad Bain's house. Now, who's playing backgammon? Uh, it sounded to me like he was suggesting that would be one of the activities that he and Heather would do that night. Is anyone you know playing backgammon? Oh, I just said, uh, no. Backgammon is not something that comes to mind as a plan. It may be the fallback. It's, it's nothing else is going on. It's certainly not your uh, your first impression. Like I, I'm, this is what we're going to do. That's the plan is to play backgammon. Right. What is backgammon? Which I have game no is that? No clue what it is. It's a board, a board game. Yeah. Cards, smoke cigars, and I'll give you a nice foot massage, and cool. we'll talk about your red hair, and you'll ask me questions about me, oh. and I'll tell you all about Zion, Illinois, and growing up in Illinois, and growing up in this business, which is something you don't want to do. Stick with radio; it's more fun. Um, and we'll have a really nice evening. Okay, stop yeah. right there. Does this seem like too much information <laughs> on on the pre-date phone call? <laughs> He's giving you all of the conversation that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to tell you all about Zion, Illinois. And what? you don't want to get into the show business. Oh, that's yep. tough. And this running for Senate, I'm exhausted. <laughs> all right. And we'll just play it by ear and go from there. Hopefully we'll see a lot of each other because you remind me of home. Definitely remind me of home. You're very friendly and warm and kind and considerate and Easy. giving. Easy. And women here just not like that. Easy, Gary. Please don't pick up their bad habits. So uh, nine o'clock is the deadline. Um, I hope to pick you up or meet you or see you or meet you halfway or one of those. But we are going to get together and we're going just to just stop talking. Time. So uh, please call me. Will I be in the car? Uh, <laughs> call me at You'll probably be at your party. So I will probably end up just calling you. And I will call you at this number and get your cell phone Stop. number. And I will call you your cell Talking. phone number as well. And we're going to hook up. Yes. We're not going to hook up just to please Kevin and Dean. Those numbskulls. Oh, God. Anything to get ratings on that show. That's They're going right. to make you like the big like project now. You watch. Mark my words. Okay, so I will see you later. Have a good day. Bye. Wow. Okay, Lindsay, you were very expressive during that playback. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, 
this is like his match.com profile on a recording. And I also don't know how any, any voice messaging service wouldn't have cut him off. I know it must've been crazier back then, but I, I, I was thinking it was like the movie swingers where, you know, he just keeps leaving the messages, you know, and just gets more and more awkward and you just can't yeah, believe yeah. it's happening. I just, I was blown away and I was, uh, and I think this is like part one, this, this went on for like two or three more days too, but you know, what happens after like they, of course they made me go out with them because they wanted to have me talk about it on the radio. And so that was so uncomfortable too. Like the whole time it was just so uncomfortable because I felt terrible because he really seemed like he really did like me and I just didn't want to lead him on. But I also, you know, it was funny for the show. So you could kind of, they're my bosses. You kind of had to do it, you know? Yeah. Well, I will but, say he would have made a great senator because he's very detail oriented. He planned that yeah. whole dang date out. <laughs> yes. To the T. All, right. All right, let's keep going. Oh my God. Wow. Gary needs someone in his life he can talk to, by the wow. way. Wow. Yeah. Let's just call, let's just refer to her from now on as Mrs. Coleman. Mrs. Coleman, right. So, what time did you guys hook up last night? Um, Around nine. Wow, exactly right on. What he said. Right, right on, on Gary's right schedule. On All right, exactly. so he, you met him at the improv. Yes. All right, so he finds you, he sits down. And then we just, uh, the comics were on. Like a couple comedians, they come up on stage and they look and they're just like, what you talk about, Willis? Oh you know? no, they, they saw start, him, they recognize him. Exactly. Okay. And so so once one person started saying stuff, then every oh, single comic oh, you know, came sad. up and Poor just started, Gary Coleman. started like saying stuff. You know, a lot of stuff was good, a lot of stuff was really bad. So uh, that's, you, that's not the impression you want to make when you're sitting with your date. Is right. the guys no. up on stage making fun of you, guys you don't know. Yeah. Well, tell us what he said about your friend Jessica. Oh, okay. So my friend Jessica was there, mm -hmm. kind of like to break the ice, and she was just kind of hanging out, too. And By the way, we've met Jessica. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, she's cute. Okay. Yeah, so um, me and her, and um, he was kind of digging on her, too, and he was like, well... <laughs> He was like, well, you're, you know, super cute, too. You'll be the appetizer, and Heather will be the main course. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he's throwing pickup lines, like, left and right. Can oh. I just, I just wrote some stuff down. So sure, sort of please. Yeah, Gary's so a little, he's a little flirty. There's yeah. no question about that. One of the, one of the waitresses was like, do you want a glass of water? And he was like, no, Heather won't fit in a glass. What is that? Heather won't fit in a glass. Is that know. what you say about a cool, tall glass of water when you see a beautiful woman? I have no woman? clue. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Confused. All right. And then the scariest one was yes. when we were at this party afterwards. Oh, I'll tell you about that later. But um, we were at this party afterwards, and he says to me and everybody else, he goes, she doesn't know it yet, but we're soulmates. Oh. <laughs> he, told who, he told who that? Me and everybody else in the party. Oh, my we're God. Soulmates. He told yeah. other people that you're his soulmate. Yeah. On a first date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And he told he kept on telling me that I have a wonderful aura around me and just all this. Uh, well, you know, know. I, I, it's not uncommon for a guy at a first date to be complimentary toward his lady, but it's right. yeah. But do you leave Let's the say soulmate? Listen, leave the words soulmate out of your first yeah. date. I think oh, yeah. so. That's I just second that. and third. And yeah. second and third. That's just scary. That scares people off. Yeah, that's bad. Did he ever really make the the I want to sleep with you moves? Uh, well, um, they're talk like a lot of people were at this party, and uh -huh. they're kind of like joking on him, like, oh, you know, are you really a virgin? And you know, how can you stand that and all that stuff? And he was like, oh, well, I could totally please a woman with my fingers, if you know, or with oh. my hands, if you know what I mean. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, and I love giving massages. And then he just grabbed my feet, okay, and put them up on his lap. Uh -huh. He said he started, was going to give you a foot massage yeah, in the message. Yeah, massaging my legs and feet, and I was just like, what do I do? You know. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just got the feet. <laughs>
like, what's going on? Like, no, I've got a people McNugget stuck on my foot. <laughs> I think you, you shake, you try to shake him off like you would a dog, really. <laughs> what did you do? I didn't know what to do, so I just like let him like have his kicks, you know. And Was just... he still at the party when you left? Yes. Wow. So, so you basically said goodnight, right? Yeah. I don't know what happened after I left. I don't know if you your know... friend Jessica is waking up with him right now. Is that... <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> The more I hear that, the creepier it gets. I don't right? Know. Yeah. I don't know. If I was going to use some of those pickup lines myself if I'm ever single again. Oh my gosh, Eddie. I think you could have, you missed an opportunity with that water glass joke to be like, well, I'm a contortionist, so maybe I could. <laughs> I know. I just was like, I felt so uncomfortable the whole time. So I was just yeah. trying to be nice. Also, you know, I was trying to like write stuff down occasionally just to like tell him really? the next day. <laughs> Yeah, it just, you know, every, I would just jot stuff down because I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. You know, that's crazy. And um, yeah, it, I, I felt so bad about that because if that would happen now, like he would have found out about it immediately, you know, if we were talking about it on the radio. But then he didn't find out about this until like four or five days later because they made me go out with him again. And it was like even mm -hmm. more awkward, you know, because the first time it's like, okay, it's kind of funny. I still feel weird. But the second time it was like, oh, I don't want him to get the wrong idea, you know. Um, and then by like the third or fourth day of talking about it and more messages, then it was like, then he found out about it. And then I felt like really bad. But, um, you know, that's that's how it goes with radio, though. You know, sometimes you got to do uncomfortable things. I, I don't think that could happen now, though, because, you know, it would have been on a, a Reels or a TikTok in one second. And then, you know. You'd been made fun of, and that would have been the end of it. Yeah, it it would definitely have traveled really fast from right. some other media. Yeah, I could have like you know filmed it and then put it on TikTok like that day. You know, it's just like it would have been a different different situation. Now you couldn't really like do. It was almost like investigative reporting, you know. Like yeah. undercover, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't wear a wire. You know, I know, I know. They they kind of thought, yeah, I think that's I don't know how illegal that is, but I'm sure they've done it before. But um yeah, it was it was all sorts of uncomfortable, but it made for really good radio. And that's what a lot of most people when they're like, Oh, I remember hearing you, they remember that story because it was like a week long of intense, like people could not believe it, you know, especially because it seemed so uncomfortable swingers life where you're like, This guy's gotta gotta get a grip and stop talking. Yeah. yeah. It it uh it was creepy. It, it's the whole story. Listen to it again. It's like wow, Gary Coleman's really creepy. Yeah, yeah, woof. But I have funny pictures of that time too. I gotta I gotta send you the photo later. Oh please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking they did that other times. You guys remember? Like they sent uh, Nick the sign holder out on a date with Alex. That was one of their yeah. deals, I guess. Yeah, they yeah, love to was... like, yeah talk about hookups and stuff. Yeah. I think they like uh, being uncomfortable. I think they like making people uncomfortable because that was that was so uncomfortable. You brought a friend to share the uncomfortableness, and just I had to because I was like, I need to bring a friend, uh, you know, like a a wing person, just in case it gets a little too uncomfortable. An anti wing person. <laughs> this is very smart. Person. Very yeah. smart. Yeah. Was that a force field person? They're not trying yeah. to set you up. They're trying to keep you apart. Totally. The person to hold a pepper spray. Yeah. Yeah. The pepper spray person. <laughs> and somebody else to like actually witness what's going on, like the awkwardness and be like, did that just really happen? Yeah, it did. That was that was weird. That was for corroboration later, yeah. yeah. So how long were uh Jessica and Gary Coleman married after that? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm still kind of friends with Jessica on Facebook. It was, oh, nice. it was a long time. Yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a wild time. I wish I would have had like, I, if, you know, now if I was doing the show now, I would, I would be saving all these clips and, you know, compiling, but I only have just like a couple of clips. And I know that I ran into, I went to, uh, I used to Juarez's, um, a wedding a couple months ago. And so I got to see everybody and I saw, um, Christine, who is one of the uh, producers. And she says that she has a lot of the air checks that I was on, but she just needs to like, you know, file them and, you know, upload them. So hopefully someday I'll be able to get some because I really want to like, listen back to, to all the stuff I used to do. But, um, right now it's like, it, it would, I just wish I had everything, but I only have a couple. Yeah, we use the archive, uh, and he he started. He he has that clip on the archive, I believe, and then that's about it. There's not a lot from 2000 that's on there. Well, you didn't yeah. search for Gumby. You searched for Heather. Maybe that's why. Could have been, yeah. Oh yeah, Gumby next time. I <laughs> want to know what was it like to be a van driver for K Rock back then, because that's when K Rock was in its prime. They were the biggest thing ever. Must have been a fun job. Yeah, it was really, really fun because um, I remember we would uh, do all, you know, like fond memories were like breakfast with you um, 2 where we would have to go at, you know, 5 a.m. to set it up. And then, you know, Bono would be rolling in to like, you know, just get ready to perform. And it was basically like a soundstage and like you 2 and like Kevin and Bean and a couple of like listeners. And we were just there and Bono's like, hey, everybody, let's get a black velvet. And it's like Dom and Guinness together. And you're drinking with Bono at like 6 a.m. So okay. like that's like a normal day, you know, and you'd and you'd go to like then you'd some days were like super boring where you'd have to like hand out stickers at, you know, Huntington Beach. But it was still cool because you got to I got to learn the lay of the land and you know, learn like, oh, okay, nine oh nine this way, like sit, all the freeways and you know, it was it was crazy like having to drive all those freeways coming from, you know, Pittsburgh, which, you know, it Pittsburgh's a big city, but not like LA freeways, you know. Yeah. And then um I remember, you know, uh setting up signs for Coldplay for their first in-store and it was at the Virgin Megastore on Sunset and it was just probably like a hundred people and they you know performed Yellow and they performed all their hits from like their their debut album because they'd never played in in United States before so I got to see like Coldplay's first show wow. you know a hundred people and you know uh I was at the first Coachella which is crazy and we did this K-Rock um uh, it was a vegan barbecue with the Beastie Boys and Moby. And so it was like just so wild that I was hanging out with the Beastie Boys at like 22, you know, and I have a picture, with, you know, with them and everybody's wasted. And, you know, it just I, I that time in my life, I was kind of like time traveling because it was going so fast. And, you know, it was just a wild, chaotic time. And it's not sustainable or it wasn't for me at, at the time. But um, I'm glad I did it all. It was I have no regrets. It, it sounds amazing. Partying at six in the morning with fucking Bono. You can't get any better than that, I think. Yeah, and seeing all these bands in like he, small spaces, like, you know, we got to do a lot of the big concerts, but we also, the breakfast with Kevin and Beans were always the best because it was so tiny. And, you know, whether I was in promotions or on the morning show, I got to be there and it was like, you know, one, one concert was the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Stone Temple Pilots at the Roxy. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's just crazy. It's just, it was, it was a wild time. And, you know, thinking back now, I'm like, wow, I got to do 
some amazing stuff. And, and now I'm a soul cycle instructor. And so I, I still get to see like all the celebrities and stuff in my class, which is great, but it's just a different, it's a different vibe. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'll see people at Disney, but just not in that capacity. And, you know, I feel like I was, a a young adult, you know, at K rock and it was just my college like life. And now I'm, you know, a real adult and I, I can't party like that. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So it, it was amazing. Well, it sounds like you did your share of partying. You you have nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> yeah, and then I and then I got sober for about thirteen years. So I mean, I you know still haven't done a drug since then. But it was uh yeah, I had to like clean up my act for a while, and and I did, and it was great. And then I kind of changed my life and got into fitness because I was in the music business for so long, and it was just you know it was it was like fifteen you know eighteen years of partying, you know, and then um kind of stopped everything and then got into fitness. And, uh, yeah. And now I'm kind of, you know, you go through transitions and jobs and, you know, now I'm in like the fitness slash, like the Disney part, I'm a Disney travel agent as well. So, um, oh. I'm just Disney. And so I get to, you know, plan trips for people and basically get paid to go on Disney trips and it's amazing. Well, I have five kids. And so is there any discounts? You have a podcast discount? <laughs> <laughs> No, I can, I can tell you all the deals though. So we'll talk later. I'll give you my information and you know, any, anytime you want to go to any Disney, I, I'm your girl and or cruise and all that stuff. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh, I'll, a Disney cruise. I'll cut this fun. out of the podcast for so the kids don't hear that because <laughs> I want to be at the Disney <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah. I'm just curious now as a, as an avid TikToker, do you ever watch the TikToks where the people just like go on the Disney rides constantly? Yes. And, and sometimes I like, I'll be there next week. I'm doing this crazy kind of challenge. I'm doing six us Disney parks in 24 hours. So I'm doing, yeah, it's going to be wild. Like literally this week. And so I'm doing it for Instagram and cause I have a Disney Instagram now I'm like a full Disney adult. And so I'm mm-hmm. doing the California adventure Disneyland. And then I'm flying overnight and then I land in, and I do a stopover in Atlanta cause I wanted the, the business class seats to lay down so I could sleep overnight. And then, um, and then I land in Orlando at 9:30 a.m. And then I'll go straight to Animal Kingdom, and then take the bus to, um, I think Magic Kingdom, and then take the monorail to Epcot, and then take the Skyliner to Hollywood Studios. And so I'll do everything within 24 hours. And I'll do, you know, a couple, a couple rides at each, and a couple, you know, like a, a drink and a a meal, just so that I could kind of have little clips from each, you know each park, but nobody's done it from like West coast to East coast. Everybody always does it like East coast to West coast. And so I'm like, I got to do it the opposite way just to be different. That is so cool. Yeah. Then- and then and then I come back in town and the next day I go on a Disney cruise. So I, I like to do all this stuff for like content. And also anytime I'm doing something Disney, I get more booking. So, you know, it's basically like I have to go to Disney and, you know, keep up the content to, you know, to be able to, keep making money. So it's, it's a win-win. Do you, do you need an assistant? Uh, an assistant <laughs> with like five kids. Oh. <laughs> no. Well, I could, I could definitely help plan out your days. Like if you, if you wanted to take them to Walt Disney world, I could, I, I do that really well. I can map out, you know, the whole day for you and just, you know, where to go, which, you know, rides to do first. And it's, it's super fun. I'm obsessed with it. So it's my, it's my new passion. This whole oh, thing yeah. sounds more tiring than your K-Rock party days. Honestly. Like the six yeah. Disney parks. Sheesh. I know. Instead of now it's coffee instead of uh, <laughs> everything else. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That, 
the, you have had the most interesting life, I think. Yeah. Thank, and, thank yeah. you. I, I'm 42 well, now. So I feel like I'm just, you know, in my prime now. You know, I feel like I, I did a lot, and but I'm I'm excited about the future because it's just a, uh, you know, it's 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 I I like to keep it fresh and exciting, and uh, you know, that's how I stay young. Wow. So let me go back to Topher for just a second, because the reason yeah. that we're all together now is because you were, you appeared on a K-Rock Christmas album. So do you have any memories from that time? No, I do not. Oh my, I'm so nervous. What is it? What did uh, no, I'm just, uh, you were, you were on the cover, you know, the, the video of us talking about you is on Instagram and he's um, going through the entire list of people that are on that cover. I can share my screen in a second. Um, and you were, that's the reason that you came up is because you were, do you remember Christopher, which Christmas album it was? It was probably like 2000 or 2001. It was a family Christmas. I think it was, I think it was the, I, 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 I do remember being like on a couple calendars and a couple Christmas albums, but I don't think, I don't know if I did anything unless it was like maybe I, I, yeah, I totally forget what I did. Maybe it was just like a little clip, right? I would do some kind of like air checks with like Loveline commercials. And I, I'm curious at what I did because it definitely shouldn't be singing. I'm curious now too. I remember it was a, a family Christmas in your ass was the <laughs> probably the cover that you're on. No, that's 97. Oh yeah, that's not. Let's see, go ahead, Lindsay, share your screen. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't think I was on any of those, but I know that I was in. Isn't that I, you right there? No, I think that's, is that Lisa May? No, that's not Lisa May. Lisa's no, that's, right that, here. Yeah, no, I don't think that's me. That was 1997. So I was definitely still in Pittsburgh at that time. But it looks, it looks kind of like me because I was, you know, I'm blonde now, but I was actually like darker hair um, during my K-Rock days. I was like dark hair and then I changed it to red. So go through phases but yeah so that that isn't me but I was on a couple calendars and maybe um a couple random things but I don't think I was ever on the cover that would have been hmm. cool though I probably just brought my name up because we're, we're still friends to this day he's such a great guy and he probably was just mentioning people that were on the morning show like because Tad was there and you know I think I worked with him in promotions too for years. So, you know, he knew me first on the morning show and then I worked with him for years. So we were good buddies. He probably just threw out my name just cause. Maybe. <laughs> this is a great mystery yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Well, we need to look up the 2000 Christmas CD, see if she's on that. Yes. Well, yeah. That's the real Slim Shady. And Santa. that one has the cartoon version of Eminem. It was, uh, it was Heather's favorite person, favorite celebrity. He's um, he's sharing the cover with somebody though, isn't he? There are other people on that album. <laughs> it's wow. so unlike him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't uh, do that much stuff. I I doubt that I was on any album. Or maybe maybe I was you know thanked or something, but I don't I don't think I was ever like that big of a character where it was like you know I wasn't I wasn't front and center. But there was one there was one like calendar where I got to do like a calendar signing. It was a it was with like some 41 and you know, it was one of those K rock calendars and yeah, but I never was like, you know, Jimmy Kimmel or, you know, a big, huge, huge, huge name, but it was, I was just grateful to be there though. Yeah. Did you get to be involved with other Christmas albums just because we're on the subject? <laughs> I don't think so. I know that, um, when I worked in promotions, that's, I, I helped put those together, like with Amy Stevens and with Aisa Juarez, who were like the, the heads of promotions. So I got to work with them on like, you know, 
making that, like putting it together, but not, not like recording it. So who else did you work with? Did you work with Ralph as well? Or Yeah. 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 Ralph was there. He was always the funniest ever. I, I remember like the whole Jock Chirac thing that happened. That was, that was yeah. crazy. Um, and I, like, and as a listener, I listening back, I always laugh the hardest when I hear the Ralph, you know, um, bits like when he, after the Michael Jackson death, you know, when he was Michael Jackson from heaven, like that, that made me crack up like so hard. I had to like pull over my car to laugh. Cause it was so good. You know, um, he was just so good and so funny and so quick. And that's how, when I was there, you know, Bean was already in, Seattle so he was already like on the screen you know and I just was blown away at how quick they were you know even in uh, you know he was on a delay so it was like he'd be talking and then you see his voice move later and it was just they just knew each other so well it was it was wonderful to see they're so so good thing so they were dealing with the the virtual challenges I didn't realize that it was on a delay like that that that's yeah. so different you know when you watch a show and like they're like a 0.5 seconds behind and you just cannot get used to it. Like that's so crazy. Yeah. It was always on a, like a couple second delay. And so that was weird. And I'm sure it got better and better throughout the years, but I just was blown away that they could, you know, they picked each up, you know, they were just so perfect together. Yeah. And, and what other personalities did you work with? You work with big tad as well. Yeah. Big tad a little bit. Let's see. Um, I mean, even when I was there, like Adam Krola would call in and, you know, Jimmy Kimmel would call in occasionally, you know, that he would do like the Christmas. Um, what, what was this Christmas character? I think Santa it was. Carl. Yeah. Yeah. That was hilarious. So it was like that time when they would still, they were starting to be, you know, they had like the man show and they had, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then Dr. Drew, you know, love line started. So Mike Catherwood came after me um, okay. and, you know, Alex, the producer came after me and same with uh uh christine like came after me so i was there when dave king of mexico was still a phone op and so um eventually he became a producer too so he was there forever even before i got there but i would be like answering the phones with dave king of mexico the whole time and um yeah it was mainly just like kevin bean ralph lisa may and uh dave and um and me at the time when i was there very cool what was answering the phones like at that time? What would people call it about request or just BS or what? Everything. So whenever they'd be doing the, um, there's like about nine or 10 lines. And so whenever there's like a, you know, caller 107 gets tickets or whatever, then we'd have to like clear all the lines and then, you know, just count like one, two, three, four, five. And we'd actually like say your caller one, hang up, your caller two, hang up, you know? So it was, it was done it was crazy. And so that, that happened. And then, um, people would call just to, you know, have, I think they had like this caller line, I forget what it was called, but they had like a line where you can call in. I forget what it's called though, but it was just like the drunk line or whatever, where you can just, you know, just yeah, go off line. yeah, the upper line. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so long ago. It's like little pieces are coming back, but yeah, they would play that. That was hilarious. Okay. So I asked the same question to Dave King in Mexico. Did that many people really call in to request the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Oh, it, <laughs> yeah, probably. It, I, I believe so. It's like one of those bands where, you know, like it, it's just synonymous with K-Rock. It, way too much Red Hot Chili Peppers. Way too much. It was always like number one, probably. Wow. I'm calling to request them now just to mess with Jen. 
<laughs> I don't find their station out there and just give me give me some give it away. I stream KLOS. <laughs> yeah, I think Red Chili Peppers and like Foo Fighters and yeah, there's always like top five. It was just it was it was a lot. Did you know any of the crazy characters like Sam or Doto? Was that around your time or was that later? Oh, I I remember Doto. Yeah, that was around my time for sure. And the Armenian comedian and uh yeah, I totally remember them. That was nuts. They would make it seem like those guys would call all the time. So was that a problem for you, just getting them on all the time and trying to put them off? Yeah, I think whenever there was like not much to talk about, that they would, you know, maybe call them or they would call in all the time. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot, a lot of them for sure. Did you go on a date with Doto? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did no. Kevin and Bean miss that? <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. 5859. Um, <laughs> Lindsay's rolling her eyes. Sorry, Lindsay. I had to ask. It's Doto. I had to bring up Doe. Yeah, we had Doto on the show. Interesting. Guy. Oh, wow. wow. So yeah, I got a new respect for Kevin Abina. Trying to wrangle Doto is a full time job. Oh, and yeah. I had Nick, the sign holder. Yeah, that was either before or after my time. I don't remember that. So did Big Tad have a, a tattitude with you? of a tattitude um, story he was always like very he was always sweet to me he was like afraid that i was going to take his job but then they kind of just kept both of us for a while you know so i think you know he's still he's still very nice to me we're, we're facebook friends and i know he's going through a lot right now um but uh he was always pretty cool with me i think you know i, I was that east coast or you know pittsburgh you know type of person where I, i'm just nice to everybody and so i it was hard for him to be mean to me, I think. Did you not have a war with Ralph being a Pittsburgh native? Oh yeah, the Eagles, yeah. No, he, he was always, I wasn't like that much of a sports person, so I just uh -huh. let him you know, do his Eagle stuff. <laughs> but yeah, Ralph is great. He, he is. Yeah, everybody was everybody was awesome. And I we just saw Kevin the other day, or you know, a couple weeks ago. And, or it was, I think, uh, late December is when we saw Kevin at Aisha's wedding. And so that was awesome to see him. He was exactly the same. In shorts and Crocs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was in like his wedding attire, but he probably would have preferred shorts for sure. So um, do you listen to any of the podcasts now? Are you still uh, following any of the people from the show? I... I'm not usually so being like a fitness instructor, I have to like listen to music like all day to like program, you know, um, what I'm going to play for my classes. So I just kind of I, I have to do that like for work, you know, and so sometimes when I'm driving, I just either like silence or I'm like doing research for my classes. So it's hard to like keep up with everything, but I should, but I don't. Okay. They're all good podcasts, especially Janky Town. Janky Town's one of my favorite, right, Lindsay? You know, Christopher is our resident podcast listener, but the rest of us find it a little bit overwhelming to catch up with like the legitimately 20 something podcasts that came out of this show. And it just keeps growing with every fan of the new podcast. So, and there's <laughs> us too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'd rather listen to like you guys like talk about the old stuff. Cause that's just, it's so funny and wild. It's like the wild west of radio and you can't really do that anymore like all the stuff that they did and you know 
I, I love their, even like the Kevin and Bean party machine, like back in the day, like those clips were crazy where they would just go around to different parties in Arizona and like, oh, all their stories are just wild. I just can't believe all that, all that happened. Yeah, we, we're all just fans. We have like no connection to the show. So listening to all these stories, is just amazing to us. We, it just blows our minds every time. Yeah. They were just, I, I just love, you know, how they were so different, yet they work together so perfectly. They're opposites attracting. And, you know, Bean was just the smartest person always in the room. And then Kevin was just like this hilarious frat guy that was always, you know, always funny. <laughs> and and then Ralph is just a comedy genius. So like all together. And Bean was so like, like his little, like, you know, anytime you talk, I'm like, wow, just, just watching like, you know, just the masters of their craft in their field every day. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like his interview, the way he interviews people is just, he's like the master interviewer, you know, being, he's just so, so good, you know? Well, I noticed they never really got the credit. I felt that they deserve for their interviews because they want to have someone on like Anna Nicole Smith was a famous one. Everybody was saying these things behind her back. Oh, she sounds like she's high. Uh, you know, she's crazy. And they would ask her right to her face, not mean, and I thought that was better interviewing skills than you would get, you know, on regular network TV. Yeah, they were they were really sweet and very diplomatic and funny. And, you know, they they made everybody feel comfortable, too. And, you know, I love that the Christian Bale, whenever they were making fun of him and then Christian Bale called in like that was just so awesome. Like, I love I love that. And I love listening to little clips of that that era back in the day and and if you guys haven't played the michael jackson stuff like that is some of my favorite pieces of radio when when it was the hotline to heaven with ralph and it was just just mwah, perfect so, <laughs> so good. good him and the three stooges i think we played semi-recently in heaven and it was just like i i just don't know how he does it and how omar did it or like kept a straight face for all of those years sometimes right. kept a straight face yeah sometimes <laughs> right did you guys play like the the Jock Chirac thing? We we haven't because that came out when we started this podcast. Uh, that was one of the big clips that all of the other podcasts were playing. So we felt right. like we would be treading over uh, right. already done things that were done by better people than us. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've we've all heard that. It, it is it's amazing how we just got through that way yeah. just, just to the president and, and yeah. i thought it was fake i would keep waffling back and forth no that can't be real and then everybody would said it real and it's it still just blows my mind he just talked to the uh, president of france yeah yeah and that was like an ongoing you know there's there's so many things that like they did where they would get in trouble and then they couldn't talk about it ever again and so it's cool that like people can still bring it up that aren't them but like they can't legally talk about it you know because uh, <laughs> you know, they got so in trouble they, they were always getting in trouble and that was the fun part you know because there was they were always pushing the boundaries and didn't really care about the repercussions you know so it was it was comedy at its best and it was amazing being there and I have such great memories. So you did say you were there for Jacques Chirac, right? I remember it. I don't know if I was in the room or if, if I was around, but I just remember that going down. And I remember them being in meetings of like, this is serious guys. Like, this is really serious. Like you're in trouble, like that we cannot talk about this. And, you know, it was, it was a big deal. It was like, oh, wow. Did they push it too far? Yes, they did. But it was but then you know it was just legendary and instant legendary you know yeah <laughs> but yeah it was wild 
And there's a couple other things that they did, and I, I forget what what it was, but I, I remember just being in awe of their their braveness to just do everything for comedy, and then you know, and then fight the you know they fight the repercussions later. You know, they would just do it and then get in trouble later. They would never ask permission ever. <laughs> yeah, we've discussed the many FCC rules that uh, came from Kevin and Bean. Like oh, the, yeah. the international calling and then the april fools were you there for any of the april fools jokes oh i i remember hearing all of those and those were just i couldn't believe like the the mall of america west did you guys talk about that one yeah oh, yes that, that's so insane and um and yeah there's there's so many that i remember them doing um but yeah it was just wild i couldn't believe it collecting like all the interviews of people at Mall of America West, you know, and then playing them and having this chaos on the freeway, just that can never happen now ever. Cause it just what they made a law. <laughs> the yeah. FCC made a rule. You cannot joke on April fools because of Kevin and Bean. Oh, or I didn't. We attributed to them. So yeah. we had Sluggo on recently and he said that uh, at some point an intern came to him and showed him a book where like Kevin and Bean and the, confess your crime incident isn't like all these FCC and radio books because it was so formative in radio law and that didn't even have anything to do with April fools. So yep. they're legends. I remember him talking about the confess your crime. That's just wild. I wasn't there for that, but I remember him talking about it and Sluggo is amazing. I love Sluggo. I, I got to like give him a lot of music when I was trying to get into A&R. I would, I would like, you know, make these little mix CDs of all the bands that I think should be on the radio. And then I'll give it to Sluggo and give it to Jet the Fish. And, and, uh, and like the Sluggo's producer, Rick, like is the landlord of my building. So it's all connected. Like there's still so many <laughs> chaos elements in my, in my orbit. And Sluggo is just so cool. What a great guy. Seven degrees of Heather. Yeah. You talk yeah. about any star and it'll come back to Heather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's wild. It's amazing. All right. Well, it's been about an hour. We've taken a lot of your time. And Aww. wait, I want to do one thing. Hold on. I've got to do one thing here. No. There. Now we got Gumby and Nopi together. I'm sorry. I had to do that. <laughs> that. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that little sound. It's so cool. Yeah, that's mine. I sent that to Bean. So that's my claim to fame. Oh, <laughs> my really? goodness. I remember that. I, he would play that all the time, all the time. Yeah, if you ever remember them referring listener referencing listener Edwin, that would be that guy. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Oh, it's great to hear. Yeah, Bean was good to me. I think we're very simpatico. We like sound clips, so I would send stuff to him, and he would play it. Oh, I mean, no one knew. Yeah. I would tell my wife, "I got a clip play today." Did they say your name? No. Well, <laughs> but I'm like, I, I don't care. That's amazing. I remember that clip. It was played all the time. Oh, I love it. Love it. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for having me. It was amazing reminiscing. And yeah, I'll come back anytime. Thank you so much. That would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank for coming you. On. This was fantastic. Yeah. Great thank to have you. Before you go, do you have anything you want to mention yes. to anybody possibly listening? Oh, well, I, I have uh, my Disney Instagram is uh, my name is Heather Peggs. And so my Disney Instagram is Peggs do Disney because me and my mom go to Disney together all the time. So it's P-E-G-G-S-D-O Disney. And you can just follow me there. And uh, if you need any Disney trips planned, I'm your girl. Do you have a awesome. website for all that? Oh, I have it on my Instagram. And, you know, I, I have my personal Instagram too. It's just Heather Peggs. And I have all the links to everything there. Excellent. So thank Wonderful. you so much. 